The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This is a special edition of Busted Open on Sirius XM Fight Nation. Live from the Sirius XM studios in New York City, this is Busted Open. Your only destination for daily pro wrestling talk in the entire world. From the independent scene to the main event of WrestleMania, no one covers pro wrestling like Busted Open. Eddie Guerrero was busted open. Hot topics, breaking news, and interviews with some of the biggest names in the game. A show designed for the fan by the fan. Old school. The irresistible force meeting the immovable object meets new school. Busted open. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Live now. This is Busted Open, figuring out the action. A look at the history and the world of collecting pro wrestling action figures. Here are your hosts, Dave LaGreca and Tommy Dreamer. Welcome to Busted Open, figuring out the action. Dave LaGreca and the innovator of violence, the landlord of the House of Hardcore, my tag team partner, the one and only Tommy Dreamer. And Tommy, get it? Figuring out the action? We're going to be yeah, talking I got about it. pro wrestling action, action figures. figures on today's show. Big taboo. And I learned this from the days of ECW. You don't call them dolls. You call them action figures. Well, whatever they are, we're going to be talking about them today because there's actually a rich history when it comes to action figures and pro wrestling and two people that are kind of obsessed with pro wrestling action figures are going to be joining us today. Matt Cardona, formerly Zack Ryder, and Brian Myers, formerly Kurt Hawkins, who have their own podcast, are going to be joining us today to talk about pro wrestling action figures. And if anyone thinks I'm going to go easy on Zack Ryder, just because he was recently let go. I will not. I'm going to grill him about some of his purchases because it has been a big internet controversy of some of the things that he has done. But I'm proud of the two of them. They have carved their way with this very niche uh, podcast, and it's a fun listen. I've actually listened to it via YouTube because I don't know how to download any podcasts. I press our link. I know how to do that now. I have to press the button. I could press a button. Um, but... It's, uh, it's really interesting because, Dave, if you think about it, when you and I were watching wrestling, uh, there were no action figures. There was no very little T-shirts. There was even very little 8x10s or autographs. Uh, it was a program. That's what you got when you went to a wrestling show. And then as the business continues to boom, like I told you, I remember I bought a, my first wrestling T-shirt was Barry Windham. My next uh, 8x10 was Dusty Rhodes. I bought them the same day, but they weren't at, you didn't go to the merchandise stand if you went to a show at the Garden or the Meadowlands. They weren't existing. You went and got a hot dog, your father got a beer, and I got a soda with that plastic on top that I always would stick my finger on to make sure I always went over. (laughs) I know you're absolutely right, and things really changed with the Hulk Hogan era because in 1985, that's when LJN came out with a series of action figures. And I mean, I, I, I say action figures, Tommy, but they were unlike any action figures you've ever seen because they were probably about five times the size of a normal action figure. And they were hard. They, you couldn't bend them. They were completely the opposite of what you normally saw with an action figure. And it's a crazy story because LJN actually came out with those figures just to kind of show toy merchants at toy shows of what the figures were going to look like. And a lot of toy lines and toy stores, Toys R Us, fell in, live, fell in love with the size. So the prototype actually became the figure that they put out in 1985. 
it was totally the it, this documentary on I, I watched a few but uh there's one on netflix of uh with the toys we grew up with i thought it was a fascinating documentary there could be a complete uh dark side of the ring of the action figure industry because there's so many twists and turns and when you talk about that the the sellers just went with these prototypes to the different buyers and they were like we love it because it's so much bigger and the guy basically bs them and they're like this is what we're gonna do and now when they get to go back to the manufacturer they basically say they love them but they love them at this size and now they have to re go back and make these action figures this size and it's about packaging but you know what they were a gigantic success. I heard that first year it was like a hundred million dollars. That company just blew up. And then the action figure business, just like the wrestling business took off. I know me personally, I know, I don't know about you, but I had to have every single one that came out. Well, it's funny that you said that because I do have the entire LJN line of the original figures that had come out in 1985 um, and I remember for my birthday, I got Hulk Hogan. I hated Hulk Hogan so much that I gave it to my dog as a chew toy. And it's funny, <laughs> those first line of figures are called the dog toy figures because they were like the dog chew toys. They were just big and thick and rubbery and the perfect chew toy for your dog. My, I, on that documentary, I laughed too because my – some of the action figures were so great, but some, some were so bad. And I remember the George the Animal Steel figure to represent hair. They just, it looked like more that he had acne all over his body. They just gave him bumps. And if you look at how the action figures have progressed, but back then it was pure crap that they didn't even color it in. It was just like George Adam Steel is just this coat of skin lesions all over it. But the, the action figures were, uh, they were pretty realistic. I remember having them, playing with them. Uh, I was probably, what, 1985? Oh, yeah, I was 14. Yeah, I'll admit it. And uh, 50, you got one right there. Yeah, I got great. my Randy Macho Man Savage that I have on the set. Every day, I do bust it open. And uh, we also, there was the Elizabeth action figure, too. But that first line was amazing. And then, you know, it grew and grew. They had to keep on coming out with more and... There was also when I watched that and I was kind of wanted to get the itch because I collected everything. Um, but I wanted to get the itch when I saw the Canadian version. And I never knew that there was just a Canadian version that came out once they lost the license. But this Canada, there's always different rules um, with uh, companies. And when they came out with that, and that was actually, it's amazing if you look at now, like as a kid, same with baseball cards what you had then and what they're worth now, if you never opened it up or if you never, yeah. you're basically like you have to be, you have to purchase your child two of everything, one to keep storage, one not to, uh, and one to play with. And it's pretty funny because I remember when I was collecting those figures, my brother was collecting baseball cards and his closet was full of sets of baseball cards and they had actual, you know, baseball card stores that would sell it by the set and by the card. And I remember my brother making fun of me and saying, those toys are worthless. You're wasting your money. And that his baseball cards were going to be worth millions of dollars one day. Well, here we are in 2020, and those baseball cards are completely worthless now. And those action figures are worth a lot of money, especially those original LJN set, uh, the Remco AWA uh, figures are worth a lot of money. And then onward and upward when you just look at the detail of what figures you can buy now in 2020 but yet those figures and i'm sure we're going to hear a lot of it from matt cardona and brian myers when they join us in just a few minutes those are worth a ton of money for collectors yeah and i ha you know i've recently been cleaning out my garage going through all stuff i found all my action figures they're all in great uh condition and then, like you said, I found my AWA stuff. It's kind of like how the business is when there was, you know, WCW and eventually ECW. And now AEW has their own new line coming out, I believe, next year. But that AWA, they rushed to get out 
because they wanted to get it out in front of the WWE. And then they found out they were being blocked from Toys R Us because Toys R Us was so successful with the WWE line. So then you look at the politics of that and you could only find them at independent toy stores or maybe a KB toy stores. If you remember that place, KB, I remember yep. looking everywhere for those. And I, my biggest anger was how jacked they made crusher Jerry Blackwell. Oh my God. You're so, just- it's unbelievable <laughs> that you like, that was the first thing. I, Cause I bought mine at KB toy stores and you know, they made Jerry Blackwell look like he was an Adonis. Yeah, and he was, you know, he was, you know, let's he's he was chubby, and they he made was, him. He look was like, five foot eight, dude, three hundred and fifty pounds. Yeah, he was, he was, he was a he lot was, of girth. They could, he could put a drop kick out there, but his action figure, he should just show people's action figure and say, "That's what I used to look like before the accident." And how about this? Who was the one referee that they had in the AWA toy line? Do you remember? Mm, I know I had a re- oh I was a troubleshooter Scott Ledoux. No, oh they had two then because I have a Dick Worley AWA what? action. Oh, I do. I Dick need you to Worley, find me that AWA action figure, dude. I, I'm going to give you a little insider. You may be able to sell that to Hawkins and Ryder for at least ten G's. We'll work them when they get on the show. Zach will definitely buy it. He's an it, idiot. It's it's <laughs> it's it's a little worse for wear. Tommy, but, uh, but you know, hell man, I can make it look pretty, but you know, but I kind of got out of it. I I do have a couple of figures for myself. Like I have my Ric Flair figure and stuff. And I, I always made sure that I bought one of every toy line, though. I'm not the collector. I was back in 1985 and maybe I should have been because we are going to talk to Matt Cardona and Brian Myers. We're going to do try to do something a little unique, Tommy, because they're used to doing their podcast together. It's called the major wrestling figure podcast and they do their show together. We're going to try to separate them to start. Mother Marissa is producing the show and we're going to try to keep one at bay while we talk to the other one, if it's possible. So we'll try to do that. We are talking action figures. It's figuring out the action right here. I'm busted open. WWE legend, The Undertaker. I have tried my hardest to protect kayfabe. Honestly, just within the last couple of years, I mean, I would cringe when I would hear people, you know, like we're doing now, like talking openly about behind the scenes stuff. It would just like, I, I'd grit my teeth and this, I think I was the real last holdout to, to kayfabe. Listen to Busted Open's interview with WWE legend, The Undertaker, on demand now via the SiriusXM app. Just search Busted Open Interviews, now free for most subscribers. Dave LaGreca and ECW legend Tommy Dreamer explore the significance and value of pro wrestling action figures. This is Busted Open, figuring out the action. Welcome back to Busted Open, figuring out the action, talking pro wrestling action figures. And who better to talk about that with us? Because I think, Tommy, he'll actually be able to spit out some facts to you because you really kind of doubted my credibility when it came to action figures, even though I haven't bought one since 1986. But we're bringing on the host of the major wrestling figure podcast. It's the one and only Brian Myers. Brian, how are you today? What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. I need to bring you in on this argument that we're having on the show. Right away, we got a problem. Yeah, we have a problem. I know for a fact that I have an AWA Dick Worley action figure tommy dreamer says no they were they never made such an action figure you're dreaming this or you bought a bootleg can you shed a little light on the facts of dick Worley? so uh that's actually a reoccurring topic on the major wrestling figure podcast not only is there a dick Worley awa remco action figure there's two there's a variant there's one with blue eyes and one with brown eyes and we've been talking about it and actually WWE referee John Cohn is a big fan of the show and a collector, and he actually collects every single referee action figure ever. So this Dick Worley came up, and uh, it became a big hot topic with that John Cohn needed a dick, and we really wanted to help him out. <laughs> he, was, he was dickless, and uh, Matt and I, you know, we came to the rescue and helped him out with that, and that's when we discovered. And then there's actually there's two more AWA refs that we think are just like fictional, made-up guys. One is called Nasty Ned. Never heard of that. And the other one is Curly, is called Curly Brown, and they were only available in like the big gift set with a ring and a couple figures. 
Don't know Curly uh, Brown. Yeah, no. Curly Brown and, and Nasty Ned. They have two very you know different heads. It's not Dick Worley. Um, Nasty you know, Ned was a uh, WCW enhancement talent. If yeah, this guy this, is bald, no. Yeah, no. Nope, nope, How nope. many? Uh, this is just a beyond weird question, but so is your podcast because it's so niche. And, uh, it's glad I'm, it's doing good because you have you have an insane amount of followers and insane amount of people that love this stuff. Mm-hmm. How many WWE referee action figures are there? Like there's six. Quite, you know why there's there's so many? It's not well. One, the refs themselves don't have a lot because I, we think there's some kind of discrepancy with like who gets the royalties. You know, you make a ref, so I think they go out of their way to make an actual ref as generic as possible. But right. what, like, boosts someone's collection, like John Cohn, is all the times, you know, someone's been a special guest ref, and then there's, like, a ridiculous man action figure. Oh, that. okay. You know what I mean? Shawn Michaels in a ref house, outfit in little nut hugger shorts, you know? Boom. Nice. You got it. You know, it's funny to me because you talk about uh, the AWA figures, and I know there was the documentary. Tommy was mentioning a documentary on Netflix about pro wrestling action figures. Watching that documentary, you would think that the AWA series was just a flop, but if I remember correctly, and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, they had like three different series for mm-hmm. the AWA figures. So they couldn't have been just a, a bust if they came out with three different series, correct? I wouldn't call them a bust. I just think that the LJN, you know, it, they were in competition with that rock and wrestling era and just got blown out of the, you know, the water. And it's, just, it's also a reflection of, you know, pro wrestling, like territorial. I don't think everyone grew up with AWA, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. And actually on the flip side, their collectability and uh, longevity, like in the market, is only going up every day because um, all those figures have that, that soft goods, real cloth clothing. And what people do when they don't have that, they make fakes and there's bootlegs. And so if you have the real deal stuff and you know it's legit, it's actually quite valuable. And actually the last set, um, they were single card and they're called Matt Mania and they're pretty damn rare. And that's like Sean and Marty's first, you know, their rookie action figures. Like highly, highly sought after pieces. I have actually the they're up there. I can grab it. Sean and Marty loose, and they they run for like with their shirts. They're their cool rocker shirts, like five hundred, and that's out of the package. In the package, thousands, you know. Really? Wow. So how much would that Dick Worley I have go for? Uh, loose like that? Yeah. Uh, depending on the condition, a hundred bucks or so. But uh, men on card. Two, two, three hundred range. We're talking. Right, I'm going to offer everything I just found in my garage to Zach for a hundred thousand dollars. You can have it all. Hundred. Well, if it's if it's EC Dub, I get first dibs because he, <laughs> he's a faker. The um, we were talking about LGN, and after LGN left the whole marketing thing, now and contracts, now they go to Hasbro, the smaller figures. That was more your era, correct? Yes, that's the first ones that I bought as a child. I hated them, and that's kind of – I mean, I'm also now getting into the business, so I stopped collecting, which I – because I just hated those – the legs that didn't move, the jacked upper body, and the, you know, smaller – how did you feel as, you know – I mean, I guess you're a kid, so you just wanted anything wrestling. They're they're larger than life to me, man. So, like, I – Matt and I say this in the show a lot. A lot of this is just purely sentimental. And now we're all adults and we can look back on it and it's a reflection of how you felt at the time. So to me, those Hasbro figures, I was five years old. They came out in 1990. It's literally my first memories of the business. And to have, you know, the Ultimate Warrior and Superfly Jimmy Snuka and, you know, the Texas Tornado, they're larger than life to me. And uh, even just, you know, the term action figures, those, those ones actually, you know, some guys are punching and jumping like, and you're five, that's pretty exciting. Hmm. Uh, Justin Roberts, if you ever went to his first house, his entire cabinets from when you walked into his house, especially his kitchen, was every Hasbro action figure lined up. That was his like kitchen decoration. I mean, he's the total bachelor. <laughs> yeah, but that's what he had when you walked in was every Hasbro figure aligned as his like kitchen <laughs> toppings of his thing. Uh, it, it was it's awesome to see. And then I also stole his Ultimate Warrior jacket and put it on, and he got mad at me for that one. But. We, we've actually seen lately uh, a couple of our fans have bought, been buying, like, an enclosed case that you would put, like, a baseball bat lying down, and they have them all in there lined up, and it looks amazing, you know? So it, it's, it's – these Hasbro's especially are, like, all the rage right now because, like, guys in my age range are just, you know, they're older, they have jobs, they can go back and get all these figures they had when they were younger or – or maybe it's something that they never had and they could finally get, you know, it's kind of that thing. What was the first action figure you got? Uh, my, 
the, what I remember is my, my mom and dad came home from like the store and they had like a couple of the Hasbros and it was like DiBiase, like Axe from Demolition, not Smash, Rick Rude and Jake the Snake. And my brother and I were to like co-own them and it like was eating me alive. I'm like, no, I need to be the sole owner of these. <laughs> and then I eventually, I'll never forget this, then I beat him in a game of horse in our front yard you know, basketball horse. And uh, I, I was like, I, this is, this game is for sole possession of the four Hasbros, you know, and I, and I won. So uh, that sparked the whole collection. He, he, was, he was growing out of toys anyway. Was there a time you got out of it? Like, I'm, I, as you got older, did you kind of forget it, put it away? And if you did, what made you get back into it? Um, there's like a brief period there when, because uh, Jax had the license for so long. And then yeah. when I switched to Mattel, I was like, okay, so maybe it's time to finally like, you know, wrap this up. And uh, Matt did the same thing. We kind of like offed a lot of pieces of our collection. But then like, like you know, these things, they become so sentimental. And then you look back, you're like, God, why did I get rid of that? And then now they become more valuable. And then on the flip side, Mattel, the product, some of the Mattel products are like the best of all time. So that also sparks the whole industry because like they're making like just, you know, the modern superstars are fantastic, but like the flashback ones they make and the, these elite figures, they're like probably, you know, truly the best quality pro wrestling action figures of all time. So it should spark the whole hobby all over again. How'd you feel about the WCW action figures? Um, they're hit or miss. I mean, like it's, it, we often say like, it's, it's a, uh, it's how you felt about your child. You know, some of them are like almost like awesomely terrible, you know, they're so crappy. They're great. Um, so there's, there's quite a few like that. The original WCW glue guys, I actually think are beautiful. They're almost like a work of art. Those little, they're, they're like a shrunken down LJN, but they're stuck and some of them are really spot on. Is there like a holy grail to the pro wrestling action figures? Oh, God, here we uh, go. Well, uh, you're going to have to get the, the $1,000 broski on here to tell you all about his uh, Rhythm and Blues, Greg the Hammer Valentine, which has just a lot of lore to it because it was in like WWF magazine when we were kids and then it never came out. And then without the internet, it's just you know, back then it leads to like so much speculation and rumor and like, where's the thing? And you're going to the store and looking for it, you know, throughout your childhood and it's not there. And uh, he was finally able to track down a prototype from a guy that worked at Hasbro. So that, that's like a grail piece, but that's not even like a production item per se. You know what I mean? That's something yeah. that, like you're not supposed to have. Um, there's at the end of the WWF Hasbro run, there was mailaways that were only available through WWF magazine. And it's like a repainted Hogan, Brett and Undertaker. And, uh, they come in like a little bag. And if you have that sealed in the bag, you have like a real uh, gem of a pro wrestling action figure item that just keeps going up in value every year. Like pretty nuts. Like I think the Brett and the taker in bag now are, are around like five grand each. Plus. Yeah. I know you uh, guys covered this. Uh, the other, I guess the ECW mystery is the trunk and super jacked bully Ray. You guys, too many chair shots going around ECW, man, because I literally, I, I found photos from Toy Fair 1999, this event that you guys attended. You're yep. dressed up, like you're dressed nice, you know. It's in New York City. You're unveiling the first ever ECW action figures, the, your first ever action figure. So you, you think it would be like, there would be more vivid memories for all of you. Bubba had nothing. I text Devon, he had nothing. I text uh, PJ, just, just incredible, who's in the photo, who's like, I kind of remember that day and like, I mean, I got no answers, but the real, the story here is that um, Bubba, who never wore just plain black trunks his entire career, is just in plain black trunks and boots, and he's clearly, he's posing for the magazine shot, and he's clearly covering it, and just the head of the figure is sticking out, and then there's a couple um, studio shots that have leaked, like, over time of this Bubba, like, just in trunks, and obviously they caught it, and, you know, the figure that came out is a Dudley boys, Bubba and you know, shorts and a tie dye shirt. But I was like, Oh, there's gotta be something to this is unbelievable. And I got like next to no information from all you guys, which <laughs> well, I had told you, I mean, I was kind of put in charge of that deal in the sense of, I remember saying this does not look like him. And besides being super muscular, I didn't care about the, he should have had the dusty body or the Abdullah body, yeah. but I said, he will never wear trunks. And like, we had like, we change it. Cause as you know, in dealing with, corporate people especially back then and me also working in the office of like wwe you know how scared everyone is to piss off the wrestler now you got to imagine pissing off the crazy ecw wrestlers and they just wanted to be like because the biggest thing is this has to look like the person yeah. uh, especially being a collector 
And, you know, Paul didn't care, but I cared. And Bubba was like, I think probably at the, I, we honestly, I don't remember that at all until you showed me the pictures. I was like, oh yeah, I do remember that. But besides um, those pictures, I, that never but, happened in my life. But I guess the real mystery for me comes from like, someone didn't just make that up. Uh, the designers supplied a reference shot. So like how, and everyone else is spot on. So how did that happen? You know, there ha I thought there had to be some kind of story and maybe there is. I remember talking to Roadkill and Roadkill wouldn't sign a deal with Paul and ECW. So his action figure got yanked and then they added the Nova action figure, which is great because then it added to the heat, <laughs> Nova, Roadkill and Danny Doring. Uh, but, uh, because Nova got an action figure and so did like Carino and those guys were pissed because Doring and Roadkill did not get action figures and Roadkill was always a collector as well. Yeah, but there's a photo he didn't put of his that. name to paper so he gets nothing. There's a photo of the Roadkill prototype out there that I've been trying yeah. to track down for years and years and years. No no luck. But All like right, the here action figure does exist. It's just he probably like tells people that's what he used to look like before the accident. He's very Jerry Blackwell esque. Oh, the Jerry. We'll get into Jerry Blackwell <laughs> in a couple of minutes. You're here with Brian Myers. When we come back, his tag team partner from the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast, Matt Cardona, is going to join us on figuring out the action. It's busted open. You're listening to Busted Open, figuring out the action, only on Sirius XM Fight Nation, Channel 156. Boxing, culture, lifestyle. The Yakin Barak Show. So if you start a sparring session, right, with a guy that's not at your level, right, and you notice that, because if you're a fighter, you will notice that within the first 10 seconds, right? Mm -hmm. And then you move accordingly. But once you notice that and you're still teeing off hard shots and making a mockery of this guy, it's soft. It's suckerish. It's corny. Weekdays from noon till 3 Eastern. Sirius XM Fight Nation, Channel 156. This is Busted Open, figuring out the action. Here's Dave LaGreca and ECW legend, Tommy Dreamer. Welcome back to Busted Open, figuring out the action. And we had one of the tag team players of the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast. Let's get the other half in Matt Cardona. Matt, how are you, man? You need to refer to me as the Michael Jordan of wrestling figure collecting. The other guy's the Scottie Pippen. We all know that. All right, so... I'm glad you said that because we threw right out of the box a curve at Brian okay. when it came to Dick Worley. Yes. Big, we're, we're having a big discussion about Dick Worley's action figure. Sure. So just before we broke, we brought up the Jerry Blackwell action figure for AW. Are you familiar with the Jerry Blackwell figure? I, ha I have both of these figures. You're talking, you're talking the real Michael Jordan here. I have these. Mint condition. I don't do loose. Dave. I don't, <laughs> I don't do Dave, like I got to tell you, okay. this guy is obsessed with this. He truly is the Michael Jordan. He will get offended. We'll get into fights. You have no clue. He pretty much, he's useless about everything in life <laughs> except for action figures. Now, I'll, I'll try to stump you here. Did you know, I, I'm kind of offended that you're questioning my, my, my dick knowledge. Now, did you know there's a blue-eyed dick and a brown-eyed dick? You know what? Brian Myers actually informed me of that before okay. you came on today. I have both dicks. So that's like the, the easy dick, the easy-to-find dick. If you want it in the package, right, to find the hard dick, that's tough to do. I hear you. It's, okay. So, and I, and I heard, because I, I, I have the dick whirly. I have the blue-eyed dick whirly, but it's loose. Oh, so you, okay, loose, loose. We want that like hard play, dick. You know, I play with my dick all the time. Sure, sure. So, you know, it's hard. My, to my, dick, my dick is loose, but in mint condition. Okay. I, I understood, understood. Right. You're a lot younger than me, Matt. That's right. And I've gotten a lot more use out of mine. Tommy, so when you look at that, when you look at those AWA figures, again, like Brian said earlier, they weren't as big because of the rock and wrestling connection. A lot of people – a lot of younger listeners probably don't understand how big the rock and wrestling connection was back in 1985, 86 and 87. Well, you're also talking to again, the Michael Jordan, the, uh, the, the God of the action figures here. He probably knew nothing about any other wrestling outside of WWE, unless it came to action figures. Correct. That's right. Unless it was in like pro wrestling illustrated when I was growing up, it was WWF, um, and then, you know, later with the internet, I started to learn and, uh, because of Taz actually, cause Taz went to my dad's gym. So he gave me an eight by 10 that said Taz maniac. So I would always look for him in like pro wrestling illustrated. And that's how I found out about ECW and Tommy dreamer. It's all cause of Taz. 
Nice. What was the first action figure you ever got? Uh, I mean, I was so young. I don't remember the first action figure or the first match I saw, but my whole life has been around wrestling or the LJN wrestling figures, the big rubber guys. Everybody knows what those are. So, of course, I had Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, Andre. I had almost all of them. And then as a kid, I thought I had them all until years later with the Internet, you realize, oh, you're missing this one. You're missing this one. So I wasn't quite the Michael Jordan then, but I am now. Well, it's because you uh, stole so much money from WWE with uh, being there for so long. And now, uh, you know, you spent all your money uh, on all your action figures, but grew an empire. You have an empire. Tommy, I'm, I'm a toy businessman, okay? So I don't, <laughs> I don't buy things to invest or to sell, but sometimes if I see a good bargain or, you know, someone like you, you look at this when I buy the Greg the Hammer Valentine in a huge lot and you see that price tag, 43000 you're like, oh my God, what are you doing? Yes, but then I bought it. I kept the Greg, I kept others I wanted, and doubled my money. Hang on. Now, uh, Dave, so you know, him and I, I hired young Zack Ryder into WWE. He was kind of my protege for a while. Uh, gave him my last match in ECW. He ran me out of ECW, that no-good scoundrel. That's right, and at the Meadowlands. That's right, he beat correct. you at the Meadowlands. Oh, wow. In front of my daughters, what a scumbag. Made me leave. <laughs> so... Uh, <clears throat> Now we've had a big controversy because I remember when this was going on, he was bidding for a rhythm and blues, Greg, the hammer Valentine action figure. And we were just going back and forth. And I want to, I don't remember who stooged it off that this was actually going on, but uh, now Dave, you're, you're, you could be at times an obsessed fan. You yes. have given me a great gift of that Georgia championship wrestling calendar. What do you think would be the most amount of money you would spend for like the holy grail of something? No, hold on. Let me let me backtrack. It just so no. Wait, so let I, me ask. My, I'm the host. You do the job <laughs> on this podcast. You put yourself but, over on your own podcast. Hang on, we're talking to the real host. Tommy, Dave, context you, is king. Context what, is king. There's no context here. What would you put up? Uh, f what would you be like the biggest thing of anything of you could acquire in professional wrestling? How much do you think you would pay for it? I, of anything I, you. I would, prob I would probably put a ceiling of about $1,500. Okay. On a, okay. That's like have, have dinner with The Undertaker. Um, <laughs> the Undertaker's <laughs> WrestleMania robe. Something like that, correct? Yes. All right. Now, Zach, you may talk as the guest of the podcast. So uh, now well, tell us your context. On the Major Wrestling Fever podcast, we talk about figure fate. And it just so happens that on this table right here, I have the uh, WWF Magazine March 91. And when you turn that cover, you see the Toys R Us ad that has Greg the Hammer Valentine unreleased. Unreleased. So for mm -hmm. years as a kid, you know, Hawkins and I, kids all around the world were looking for this figure, not knowing that it never came out. Long story short, it pops up on eBay, the prototype. I bid. I'm not embarrassed to say it, 12500 and I and I lost. I lost. <laughs> I lost. Thank God you lost. No. <laughs> no. So then years later, I found another one. Had a, I, I don't want to use the term broken arm, but the arm wasn't attached. Okay? Mm -hmm. And I spent 8000 on that. On a broken toy? No, it wasn't broken. It was a pre-production action figure. The arm just oh. wasn't attached. Sorry. Not broken. Okay. Fast forward. Now, <laughs> fast forward. I'm biting my tongue right now. I'm biting my lip. On, on Facebook, I, forget eBay. I go to Facebook to the real collectors. Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. found an ex-Hasbro employee. Hasbro is the toy company that made these figures. And he posted this bird's eye view of all these pre-production figures that he found in his garage. And like a hawk, I could see Greg's foot. And, and you know, <laughs> we were back and forth <laughs> with negotiations. I ended up buying the entire lot for $43,000. Then I sold, resold the Greg with a broken arm for $8,000. Wipe my hands with that. So now I have this whole lot of figures, including the Greg. It was $43,000. I kept Greg, kept some other pieces, and then made over $43,000. Made like $100,000. So it was a good investment. But Tommy just hears the number and thinks I'm spending all my money. Yes, without context, I spent a lot of money. But I made it back, and I kept what I wanted. Now, I also want to tell you that this kind of became like internet news because I'm joking when we're doing this. And I'm like, I can't wait for WWE to fire you because you realize that, you know, hey, you may have kids one day. Hey, I mean, it's $42,000. 43. 
$43,000 is a lot of money to it buy is, on action course. figures. And I, I say this, and then the next week he gets released. Yeah, and everyone's treating timing. me like a jerk. And I was just like, eh, you know what? Taught him a lesson. But uh, I'm glad you made your money back. I'm glad we cleared the air finally sure. over this. But, like, don't you think that what if you didn't make your money back? But you just you were so confident that the market is so hot for action. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's a lot of people who just think that these are toys. And yes, they are. And a lot of things I have, I couldn't give away. Worthless. But these particular figures I bought were all pre-production, which means they're, they're hand-painted. They're made out of a different material. They're used for like magazine ads or in commercials. So these are top dollar items. So I knew I'd make my money back. If Brian, if he's here, back me up. Chime me in. I don't know if he's here, but I know he would back no, me up No, he's not chiming in yet. He's not, we're having you both come on later because I, I didn't want this collusion like you like to. You're, getting, you're doing the job right now, so you had to go make the hot tag. To, uh, <laughs> and I, yeah, I, I got to be honest with you. You know, when Brian was on earlier, he wasn't shouting for you. And you're calling yourself the Michael Jordan, and you're asking for Brian to tag in. Listen, I have the Greg, okay? And not only do I have the Greg, there, there, there are companies out there that are trying to rip off this figure and make, uh, you know, bootlegs of it. And that's fine because I even went out and I bought this bootleg because I was afraid. I was like, oh, my God. But then when you have them next to each other, it's, oh, God, not the same at all. And also, on my Greg's butt, there is something that I haven't shown publicly. And that is not on the bootleg figures. I will not say what it is. Why? I don't think you should. It's because probably I don't want people... a nose print of him. It's probably <laughs> his own nose print. <laughs> that is untrue, Tommy. I told him specifically that for $43,000, Greg Valentine would literally live in his house for at least six months and stand in case for $43,000. He doesn't want the real thing. No. And listen... <laughs> nothing against Greg, but I was never a big Greg the Hammer Valentine fan. It's the, the figure, the legend behind the figure. Yeah. You know, and it's having every one. I totally get that. And, and this is something that never came out, and I thought it came out, and it was this mystery. Like, like right now, for instance, it's just a different time period. If, let's say, uh, there was going to be a, a Zack Ryder figure, and I got fired, so it never came out. Who cares? The figures are so mass produced people know like people know it's not going to come out no big deal but people thought this figure existed for so many years so is that that mystery that's what makes this figure so uh you know historic no and, and you know what it's interesting that you say that because everything has a holy grail tommy we talked about this like forever i wanted to see that tommy rich buzz sawyer match from the omni the last battle of atlanta and to me that was the holy grail of matches and i've paid money I've given things away. I've boxed things to somebody who claimed that they had a copy of that match and I've gotten ghosted where I've paid money and have not gotten anything in return. Has that ever happened to you? Have you ever like purchased something that you thought was the real deal and it turned out to be a dud? Yeah, there, there's, there's, I'm going to use this term scumbags out there for sure. And I just bought recently uh, the, the wrestling all-star cards from the eighties. I don't know if you know what they are. It was a bunch yeah. of, it was like trading cards that had guys from all different promotions. Yeah, yeah. It was, I yeah. think the first line was like an 80, 82 or 83. Yes. Yeah, so, so I bought the entire set and it was supposed to be mint, like all mint. And when I got them, they were not like they had them in like those those uh, card binders. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Where the nine cards. And I don't know if something had leaked. So all the top three cards on every page had some sort of residue on them. And the guy, you know, he said, oh, just give me a month and I'll get the money back to, to refund you. I said, okay. The month came. He deleted me on social media, blocked me on social media. So I never got my money back. He screwed me out of, out of like over a thousand bucks. All right. When we come back, we're going to get the whole gang in. We're going to have Brian Myers back, Matt Cardona, Tommy Dreamer. It is called Figuring Out the Action Busted Open with Tommy and I are back in just a moment. Your home for all things combat sports is Sirius XM Fight Nation. Start your day with Hall of Fame Pro Wrestling Talk on Busted Open. Respect these men and women that build the business. Then, the Barak Show keeps you up to date on all things boxing. Boxing is the theater of the unexpected. And MMA guru, Luke Thomas, has you covered for mixed martial arts. Joe Rogan is the most important influencer in all of MMA. The fight game broken down like nowhere else. Only on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. This is Busted Open, figuring out the action. Here's Dave LaGreca and ECW legend, Tommy Dreamer. Welcome back to Busted Open, figuring out the action. See what I did there, Tommy? Figuring out the action. We have the two hosts from the major wrestling figure podcast, 
Matt Cardona, and Brian Myers. And Matt, really quick, how can everyone get in touch with you guys for this great show? Uh, you're going to download the podcast wherever you find your podcast on Instagram and Twitter at Major WF Pod and on YouTube, youtube.com slash Major WF Pod. Uh, you know, tons of great content. The podcast has us doing toy hunts or vintage unboxings or the history of a certain toy line. So really check it out. And then every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Now, you recently had, I believe, my other tag team partner, Bully Ray, on the show because we talked a little bit about that figure that he had that was kind of like a, a lost figure as well, correct? Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a almost naked Bubba figure. He's just wearing trunks. And we all know, uh, you know, Bubba has a great physique, but he does not uh, have a physique to wear trunks. So this figure was kind of odd. Uh, there's photographic evidence of him holding the figure. And you could tell he knows something's wrong because he's covering up the entire thing. All you can see are the boots and his head. So he knows something's up. You know, while we're talking a lot about this, I, I think this has nothing to do with action figures, but Bubba should have switched to some calfless boots like The Rock back in the day, right? <laughs> yeah. What a missed opportunity if he's going to show something off. Calfzilla. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you guys some uh, inside scoop because as we're talking, I, I remember a few things. I remember also me being so so mad about the yellow shirt. Yeah, what? why did that? As happen? well like, as yo, Taz in a purple Taz in a purple singlet because they just wanted variant and different options. And as you know, in ECW, we really were fashion assassins, as Tess would call us, and we really mm -hmm. didn't change our stuff up so much. But for action, they just did it, and I remember being pissed about it. Uh, Zach totally will have a different conversation off the air because those wrestling all-star review cards, I have them sealed and I'll give them to you for $43,101. Okay. Just so you know that I have them sealed, sealed. in plastic. Yes, I really do. Uh, um, you're sitting on a gold mine. Like like Tommy, you, you live like 35 minutes from me and I'm bored as hell. I'll just come and call you, call you out on your shit. I'll just come over. And uh, we also, and I told you guys, and you guys, were, especially Brian, was freaking out about there was a lot of talk about the ECW barbed wire ring with Sabu and Terry Funk, and they were going to put Funk wouldn't sign over his rights and or I think maybe he was already in WWE. There was this big thing going back and forth, and there was a prototype and a picture of it, and there was big, like, context of would kids buy this? And then it was like, no, no, no. And then, and I wish you guys were with me when I watched to prepare for this show the toys that made uh, we grew up with when they had uh, Robbie uh, Karakoff on yeah. the K show. Kana, the Jewish oh, lightning, Robbie Karakoff. I've been calling him on his house phone to try to interview him for our show. And when he, he said we sold six million action figures in ECW – I wish you would have saw my face because I was like, Bully, no! Like Star Trek's Wrath of God. Because I, I was so involved in that, and I was just like, I can't believe it. Because I took, like, we made, I feel, I know we all got, I made sure the boys got two boxes a piece, two cases, which was 24 yes. a piece. So we got 48 action figures. Bubba said and, on our show, he still has it. Yeah. I still do. I have everybody's action figures. I had boxes of these things in my house. And uh, it was either two or $500 we received for that. Oh, so wild. I agree. Yeah. I don't know if uh, Robbie Kanoff's numbers are too accurate either. So what are you talking about? And Tommy, we call the toys that made us the toys that beeped us because they really screwed me over on that show. <laughs> we're not going to talk about that. You know, right. they, ca they came to my house and they filmed for eight hours and they destroyed my toy room. They turned my garage into a studio and had like a turntable and took all my rare figures. And, you know, the figures would spin around. And then they put all the figures down in my living room. And then I had to go around on an index card and write, okay, this is, you know, Bone Crunching Series 1, Bret Hart. Or this is Hasbro Series 3, Coco Beware. And then they left the house and they ghosted me. They didn't respond to my emails, my phone calls, my DMs. <laughs> Luckily, they didn't show any of my rare figures on the show. But I was pissed. So that show is dead to me. Well, welcome to Hollywood. And uh, beyond, <laughs> beyond the mat was supposed to be also, there was two other characters and they lived with me for three days, Tommy Dreamer and New Jack. And we got this much in it. And I'm friends with Barry Blaustein. But uh, my whole thing was they were going to talk about my mom being at church and like singing and I'm the innovator yeah. of violence, all this stuff. 
and new Jack, all we saw was he's got that Dizelle friend uh, to yeah. be on the mat. So you did the <laughs> yeah. job there too. I like. I don't think he's. Protégé. I don't think he's Denzel. I think he's Denzel's friend. By the way, <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even think Matt knows this. Like a couple of years ago, Dreamer calls me. He's like, "Hey, can uh, I film something at your wrestling school?" I said, "Yeah, sure. I'll come and open up for you." <laughs> So I meet him. I open up. It's like him and Stryker. I spin around, and it's Barry Blaustein, the guy who may be on the mat. I was like, what the heck is going on here? Were, were they filming Stryker's new reality show? <laughs> Let's not talk about that. Back to action figures. Steve, <laughs> get these maniacs back in. Let's get back in. So we asked Brian. So, so Matt, for you, what's your favorite series of figures of all time? Ooh, I think my favorite series um, – is the Jack's Bone Crunchers because that was the era where I was a little more smart to the business and the internet was coming out. And that's when I took my fig feds, as we call it, more seriously, where I'd book the cards and have storylines and not just play on the floor. You know, I would play on the floor, but I'd have storylines and I'd have my title histories written out on the computer and I'd play the theme song. I was such a loser. Like when LOD would come out and get on the post, i go to the lights and flick them on and off like strobe lights. You know, like that's how crazy I was. I even lit Kane on fire during the Inferno match in my bedroom. I would like to say still crazy, not crazy was. <laughs> do you guys on the show, do you guys get into heated arguments at all? I do uh, every, week. Most of the time. every week. Yeah. Every week. Uh, weekly, yes. So like, what's the one hot button issue that you argue about the most? Uh, I just think we have a very yin and yang relationship. Like, as you can tell, like, I'm a little more laid back. Zach's a little more intense. And that kind of reflects in the way we collect and – uh, our rules of our collecting, you know, sometimes we're like, well, do I need this? And then, you know, in Broski's mind, it's always, yes, absolutely. Blah, blah. And then me, I'm like, well, you know, let's talk about it. So it happens a lot. I enjoyed when you were in WWE, they were showing like these video clips of you going to stores when you're on the road. And I used to love like, you'd be moderate in your spending and Broski would just be totally spending so much money you also have a child he's still an idiot there's a lot well, we call there. we call him on the show uh bare minimum brian or chief kurt <laughs> and and he buys so much stuff too this tommy dreamer statue that he just bought i know he spent a lot of money on this custom thing what? so this sob he pretends that he's all like nonchalant collecting he's a psychopath too he has oh, no. weird rules I, too well well one we're involved in wrestling so we're nuts period Two, yes, I'm insane about wrestling figures, and there's another screw loose in that department, too. But you're, like, in your own stratosphere. I don't know. I think there's some things that you do with your collecting. I'm like, come on, dude. That's psycho. But, hey, we're all psycho. We all do some crazy things. All right, so, Matt, let me ask you. Have you ever gotten cold feet? Was there something in front of you that had a high price tag that you, you slept on and you wound up losing? Oh, t- tell them about Lex. <sighs> Why did you bring that up? <laughs> tell them about Lex. Please do. Uh, uh, okay, so the last set of these Hasbro figures, they were rumored for years. They never came out. Long story short, a Lex Luger painted in his USA gear and a Doink the Clown as like a baby face Doink pop up on eBay, same seller. Um, now, being the Michael Jordan, I need these, right? I can't have like LeBron. I can't have the LeBron get them, right? So I win the Doink for – relatively low around four thousand dollars okay so i'm thinking if this doink went for this low how high could the luger possibly go but the last couple seconds it was just mayhem and i ended up bidding eight thousand dollars at the last second i was sniped and i lost for eight thousand one hundred i believe was the total and i knew this sob only bought it to try to flip it on me and that's exactly what he did he got it and then he tried to flip it on me for $12,000 and said, no way, Jose. But now I kind of uh, regret not going a little higher on my initial bid. For when I worked in WWE, we used to have a closet. And yes. Mike Archer used to always uh, bring me to the closet. And I would probably go there weekly, usually every Friday because the office was empty. And I would just go in there and take action figures and like take stuff. I once, I think, had maybe eight Andre, Freddie Blassie, and Hulk Hogan uh, Japanese. And I didn't know they, was, they were a Japanese set. And I probably had eight of those. I gave like Jesus. two to Roadkill. And he, of course, scumbagged it and turned around and sold it when he's like, oh, because I know he loves Andre. But he scumbagged me on that. Uh, Roadkill will also, text us every couple of days with like all these, these figures on sites. We're like, we have this. Like, yeah, but it's a great deal. I'm like, dude, we're not selling figures. <laughs> I, bought, I bought an ECW foam uh, middle finger that I thought was awesome. And I didn't even know you guys made. I, didn't th- I thought it was so bizarre that like, I didn't think ECW would have a product like that. 
So I was like really excited. I spent $200 on eBay. I get a text from Roadkill like a couple days later, like, <laughs> thanks for 200 bucks. I'm like, no, I don't think I would have bought it if I knew he was selling it. That's awesome. Yeah, I was the bad luck part guy for a little bit. Me and Jeff Hardy in the two pack, the, yes. the, he was released and then uh, I'm with him. So they didn't go full production with that. And then years later, there was supposed to be me and Colin Delaney and last second, they fired Colin and Joey Styles got put in. So I was like, you were getting fired if we were in a two-pack with Tommy Turner. <laughs> that, that Jeff Hardy pack is very expensive to get, actually. It's still, it's still very hard to come by, yeah. Tommy's a collector. For $40,100 <laughs> for you. So I, I have it, but <laughs> I, already, I have it, but it's hard to get. Guys, this has been by me and Jeff Hardy. This has been awesome. Again, thank you to Matt Cardona. Thanks to Brian Myers. Again, the name of the show is the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast. You can follow it at Major WF Pod. Guys, thanks so much for the time today. Thank really you. Thank you very much. Hey, Brian, you. what's our email address, Brian? If someone uh, wants to hit us up for advertising, what's our email address? I'd rather you just tell everybody. <laughs> Bare minimum, Brian doesn't know anything. <laughs> I, I don't like the technology aspect of the podcast <laughs> business, so I, I let I let Mr. Cardona do it all. You know. <laughs> well, anyway, it's the, it's the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast, guys. Thanks so much. This Thank is you. a very special edition. Awesome. Thanks to everybody figuring out the action. Busted open. This has been Busted Open, figuring out the action. Check SiriusXM on demand for more SiriusXM Fight Nation content and follow us on Twitter at Busted Open Radio. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.